0: I'm Lindsay from Wild Root Flower Company. And I'm Shannon from Bloom Hill Farm. Over the last six years, we've leaned on each other as we grew our farms into the profitable
1: six-figure farms they are today. Join us as we have real, honest conversations about life and business. I promise you'll leave feeling inspired and your toolbox filled with tips you can implement at any stage in your farming journey.
0: Learn from our mistakes as we talk business, marketing, and growing techniques to help you create the farm of your dreams. So let's roll up our sleeves and
1: get the dirt on flowers. All right, welcome. Welcome back to episode three of the dirt on flowers yeah. so today we're going to be talking to you about today's episode is about direct seeding, how it can save you time, money, and grow healthier plants. So we've all heard the expression that time is money, and it is so true with farming because I just sometimes I think we are just running a labor, a business of labor. if that's you know, we sell flowers, but we're just managing labor. And we're always looking for ways I know myself to save money, reduce labor costs, um and still have a really beautiful crop. And so I've leaned into direct seeding over the years and it's been a great way for us to have actually healthier plants in the long run. So, and one of the ways that we've done that is we've just leaned out our processes over the years and and with direct seeding, there's just so much, there's so much to talk about and my brain is like jumping all over the place. So yeah, today we're going to talk to you about how to push out the fear of failing with direct seeding because I think that's the thing that stops everybody. And I'm going to turn you, or we're going to turn you into a direct sewing champ. Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I really do have to say you are really the direct seeding queen. You do a lot more than we do. And I really do feel like as our farm has grown, it's been a worry. I mean, I, even there's, there's like, fears that hold me back. So today, like, even, even with our listeners, I am right along with them. I'm learning a little bit from you, too, talking about the things that, you know, we direct seed on our farm and, like, some of the highs and lows of direct yeah. seeding. I think, you know, the main goal for me always with direct seeding is, like, you know, how do I get, like, predictability? How do I know, you know, that, that is like the main piece. So, um, I'm really looking
1: forward to it. Yeah. Well, you guys, do you do direct seed, you know, quite a bit of stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah,
0: we do. So just thinking about like, what would be like the number one thing that you would say why someone should direct seed? Managing labor.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would say less work. Well, for me, I'm always looking at it. This whole direct seeding thing started because I actually don't like to start seeds in pre-sprout, yeah. like in trays. It's actually mm-hmm. my least favorite part of farming. There's a lot of ways to kill mm-hmm. plants in like eight weeks. So, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> in the space and the, the labor to plant it and it, just the whole thing makes me kind of crazy. So I would hear people talk about like, oh, I direct seeded, whatever, Celosia was one. Um, and I was like, oh, really okay so then i started trialing it but my biggest thing what started it was that and then just less work in the transplant so i thought you know if if here we are taking the time to seed the trays and we're watering them if you're growing them under lights you've got the cost of the lights and then the labor of that and then the whole mm-hmm. Soil, trays. Soil, yes, trays, yep. domes, oh, um yes. the hardening off process. I mean, I all of the work that I've gone to, and then it's like it takes one windstorm, one like super hot day that you're busy with something else and you fry these plants. I mean, that's that's a lot. I just started switching over and, and I started with spring season was my first one. And I with cool season stuff because The very first year I didn't get it in the fall. So I'm like, I'm gonna try this in the spring. I mean, spring
0: is like the perfect time. I think, yeah, like, right. Would you agree that if you were to say, okay, like, hey, like, I'm gonna really give this a go? Spring is a good time. There's a lot of great, super easy direct seeders for summer too. We're gonna talk about some of those that would really like, especially if you're just starting out and let's say, like, you don't have a greenhouse or you don't have all this infrastructure for seed starting, you can still be really successful. Low cost with not much input really, other than a little a little extra time and research on your part.
1: Yeah, no, I think just the you know for for me starting with spring, we always get our spring cool season, mm-hmm. and I think we're going to talk about this here in a few. But I always start those with right around St. Patrick's Day. That's like that's my goal for cool season stuff, and we're Zone Six, so are you. Are you 6B? 6B, yep. yeah. We're always trying to get hit that mark for us so that we know we're going to get flowers usually in June with mm-hmm. that, with hitting yes. that mark. So, mm-hmm. you know, one of the other things that I really love about doing direct seeding is that some of the plants just overall are healthier when we do it. I had an example where we had a Zinnia, it was a Benares red, and we had planted a tray of them. It was just an, it was an accident that this like little experiment popped up. But we had a tray of seventy two, and then we direct seeded the exact same crop right next to it. And the ones that were direct seeded were healthier. They didn't get powdery mildew. <laughs> they had more blooms. I mean, it was it was visibly a difference in it because even though the the tray of zinnias that we had looked amazing, they still had a little transplant shock. And you know, every start is if it gets a little dried out or you know you it gets stressed kind of it it doesn't take much it, it just that little shock makes it less productive and you know you don't have that when you have the direct seating so that was just a really good visual and then after that it was like okay the more we can direct seed, the better plants we're going to have. So we've just kind of switched to doing that route.
0: I mean, they're they're getting started in the environment that they're going to be in. Which, what more can you ask? Other than even like you know, we find even with some of our greenhouse transplants, I mean, it takes like days. Like they actually probably need longer than we give them to harden off, and and they're struggling. Like those first couple of weeks, it's hard. So we're always babying them, and obviously, like it's hard to quantify just the the amount of labor that goes into like. Worrying, fussing over transplants, like making sure. So it it really is. I think it's it's even more than you would originally think, like surface level, that it can really be a really nice addition to to a lot of farms.
1: Yeah, and like you're saying too, with those transplants, even now, like we've put our Lizzie and you know Lizzie anthus in the ground, and you know the drip doesn't hit all of it. The way we have sand and part of our farm, and so it's like we have to hand water all of that and. You know, I do wonder sometimes if I, obviously that one is not one we can direct seed, but if, you know, what would that plant crop have given me number of stems if I had, you know, been able to transplant it versus that, versus direct, or direct seed versus transplant. But, and you know, the other is that some crops just don't transplant easily. Bells of Ireland, that's an example of one that just, it doesn't do well. So being able to direct seed for us, that's been the only way we've been actually been able to grow them. So when when you did your bells of Ireland, did you use a seed plate for those? Are you just hand seeding them? We are hand seeding. So that's I think one difference. Yeah, we I've tried an earthway seeder a couple times, but we do hand seed everything that we put in the ground. We do use an earthway for some stuff, but for most the part for most things, pretty much everything's going in by hand.
0: And I would definitely say even like as a parallel to Bells of Ireland, Nigella is another one that we direct seed. Do you direct seed that one, Lens?
1: Yep. Yep.
0: Yeah. And th- that's why I have tried to transplant it before and it's just never as good. So Nigella is a lot like Bell's, I would say too. So some mm-hmm. of them are just happier that way.
1: Yep. Yeah, agreed. And what do you think some of the things that turn people away from it? Like what's somebody – like what are some of the things you think? Well, Yeah some input from
0: our farm is originally when we started like playing around with direct seeding, I had felt like, and I'm sure there were a lot of things that I was not doing correctly, you know, so I've learned a lot over the years. And I think like making sure like having good soil contact is really good. But I think what it was like predictability, like, okay, so if I know I need to produce hundred spring subscriptions, and I want to make sure I have this crop. How do I rely upon direct seeding? I guess that that was like always the worry. I know Lindsay, you know, you've always been like my shoulder to cry on and talk to, and you've always really encouraged me. This year, I had never direct seeded bachelor buttons, and
1: or, no, um, no, I'm sorry, uh, forget me not. All right, so obviously, there's some negative, I guess, uh, or fear around direct seeding. So, like, what are some of the things that like you know that came up for you, and in deciding whether to direct seed or not.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think for me, you know, when you put a transplant into the ground, like you know that that's going to produce a flower, as opposed to when you're direct seeding. Not that it's a hail mary, but like, sometimes when you're doing it, like it, it can feel that way. Like, okay, I'm putting these in the ground. Like, I think they're going to produce. I feel like maybe you, at least this was the case for me. I was like, how I can't depend on this turning into something. So it was kind of like, I always was like playing with it and it was like, yay, if it worked, great. If not, okay, well, it's okay. I always like felt like I had to have like a backup plan so that it's like not having that guaranteed number of plants. Now that we've gotten better at it, it hasn't, those fears have kind of like subsided, but I really do feel like, like that's a big thing. And it, it takes a lot more seed you know, that was the other thing. I'm like, okay. And like, or not knowing how much to order, like, okay. So if I'm going to like run, you know, a bed, three rows of this, like how much seed do I actually need? So I think there was like some reservations figuring that out too. And, you know, like with, I mean, honestly, I, you could say this about farming no matter what, but it's so much trial and error, you know, figuring it out, making notes, coming back, what worked, what didn't. And then I would say the last thing would be weed, weed control that, you know, like obviously like the benefit to a transplant, if you do a transplant is that it gets, it's a little ahead of the weeds. In this case, it's like, identi- we had, we, we, when we first started, oh my gosh, we direct seeded this, this bed and it was to the point now I'm way better at identifying what's the actual plant versus what you, what's a weed now. When I was first starting, I'm like, what, how do I even tell, you know? So we've, got, we've gotten a lot better. We've gotten a lot better as we've learned. And and now we like, we like mark our rows. So we know, and we just like, you know, wheel hoe and stuff. And it's been a lot easier. But I think that that was definitely a big deterrent. I don't know what, how did you get started? What was the things that, you know, gave you a pause?
1: Yeah. I mean, definitely weed control was the first, was the thing that was like, okay, how do I, how do I stay on top of this? Cause that's, you know, that's the one thing that everybody says they ask about, but you know, for me, what started getting adding to my list was when I would see stuff just popping up from last year. I'm like, oh, okay. If this is popping up on its own, I can do this. And like, I would write down like the timing of it, you know, and kind of when it would happen. And I did the same thing. Like I didn't go like all in, this has been kind of a progressive thing for me. But I don't like fuss on anything. So for me, it's like I just want the smoothest, least amount of touches when it comes to that plant. You know, and you think about the seed, yes, the number, like it might cost you more to buy. 10,000 seeds, right? Then, then it would 1,000. But it's very minimal in comparison to the amount of labor, soil, water, trays, all of those things that go into it. So if you can be successful at it, which I sincerely, you can be, it's just that you just have to kind of dive in and and try it. But I, my, I had hesitation. on like, how much do I thin? I don't know how much to thin. You know, that was one too. I'm like, you know what is thinning? No, I just, you know, it's just like knowing those things and direct seeded crops, you know, they do take up space longer, you know, like you, you do have the crop in there longer than what, you know, you, so you're sort of maintaining that real estate for a longer period of time. But, you know, I think, and you're still tending to baby plants, but one thing that I really like about it, and I know we're kind of, I'm jumping around a little bit, but I really like that I don't have to in the spring use drip irrigation. Like we just go with spring rain. And so it's like, that's a nice, it's different if you're doing it in the high tunnel, but we typically just do it in the field. But yeah, I just think they, we don't really fight that as much with, uh, with direct seeded versus transplants. So, yeah. So do you want to talk about our processes? Because I think we do it a little bit differently. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: typically we do the majority of our direct seeding in for spring crops, so that would be in the fall, and then in the spring as well. And our 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 basic system is, and you know, what? I should really have Judd on the podcast because he is like I farm with Judd, who's my husband, and he does a lot of like the bed prep and all of that. He does all, a lot a lot of the tractor work. Um, he does all the tractor work. That's his thing. So what he does is he he does a two, he tills one time to break up the soil. And then he, right before we're going to direct seed, he'll till another time, uh, mostly like two weeks later. So he tries to like break allow if there is gonna be any weed seeds for them to germinate and then he hits it again right before to try and knock down some of the weeds or help with weed pressure to the best of our ability. Um it helps break some stuff up because we we do use a cedar. He uses a Planet Junior cedar, which is like kind of like an antique cedar, I guess is the best way to explain it. We have had the earthways. We didn't we had trouble with those because they like weren't heavy enough. It was constantly catching debris. It just it was a pain in the butt. So he has his Planet Junior Seeder now that he uses, which is a very simple seeder. It's basically dropped seed out of a plate and exactly as the Earthway. It, it's a little heavier, which I think is why it works. So it does cut through the soil a little bit easier. And we so the basic process till two weeks before the intended direct seeding, then two weeks later we till again. And we direct seed mostly three row beds. So we do everything in three rows for direct seeding. And we will plant. And you know, I, we don't really mess around with depth and stuff too
1: much. Do you adjust your depths at all? No. Or you just I roll mean, with it? I talking, no. talking by my fingers? I'm yeah. we're planting by hand. Yeah. No, we don't. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so I feel like I don't know, you know. Now that I've been farming for this is our sixth season, I feel like some of the things that we worry—and I'm like air quoting, you know—like we worry about are really (laughs) non-issues. So I I think it's about getting the seeds in the ground. Plants are so resilient. We obviously try and time our direct seeding around like a rain of some sort. So we'll try and do that to the best of our ability, but. And that's it. We don't. We don't even cover. We don't even cover them at all. We just. We just let it roll. So I know, like, some people have a lot of problem with birds, and I, we have more of that problem in summer. But in the spring, we, we just kind of let things go. We keep an eye on it, and about every, and then two weeks after that, usually we can start seeing some type of of life. So we we'll, we will uh, mark our rows. So you know when we're we're gonna say okay we're gonna seed this first row. We'll mark it with a stake. He'll run it down, and then we'll have a pathway, and then we'll just run a wheel hoe through. So we make our rows as wide as our wheel hoe, so that way we just run the wheel hoe right down down the center of it. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty easy peasy, you know. So and, and now I've gotten to the point where I do rely upon I rely upon those crops for grocery store bouquets. Um, so we've kind of gotten it to where we have perfected it here, at least on our farm. Mm-hmm. And are you using the wheel hoe with it? Is it
1: with the tractor? No, it's a push. It's a push wheel hoe. Push. Okay. How long are your rows?
0: Ours are. Oh gosh, Judd know Jud knows this for sure. I mean, we've basically we've. I think 150. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So about this, a good. little longer than the size of our tunnels. Okay. So and I, I try and make it easy. So like one one bed will have three rows of one crop and then the next bed. So you know, I, you'll get better identifying what like those seedlings like look like, which I think has helped me over time because I find, you know, I'm like obviously training employees and stuff now how to identify. <laughs> and for us, it's like I, I, I have like really thrown to the side this expectation that it's gonna be like this perfectly weed free, You know bed like there's going to be some and I feel like our weed tolerance has to be At some point you just get to a level where they're like this is how much weeds we tolerate And as long as it's not affecting the plants, I think it works out good. So Running the wheel hoe through has been good. We've I we don't spend too much time with it. Really What about you? What do you guys do?
1: Our process is we are doing it by hand. So smaller bed size, most of our rows, depends on what field we're in, but they range from 50 to 100 foot rows. And we go through same, same process. We do till. So if you are a no-till farm, you can still do direct seeding, even if you're no-till. The biggest thing, and you touched on it, Shannon, is just like getting the weed bank broke up. You know, that's the, you want to, the The same day, our processes, we go through and till, and then we're about two weeks. We try to do within a week, week or two. We will go through either retail that day or we will hand rake, go through that bed, like we're going to form up the bed. And that one step is the biggest takeaway, I think, of that is just Getting that weed bank broke up so you your seed your weed seeds and the seeds you're planting aren't in competition for that moisture for the soil space the real estate so that's really the biggest you know tip with that and so we go through and then we will rake out the beds and we go through and put about three or four rows most of our beds are three foot wide in that in those cases and then we we hand seed and it has been for us, because we're kind of, we're not doing necessarily three rows, 350 foot rows of one crop. So we're kind of breaking that up, but we busted out pretty quick. I think two of us can plant, we planted a four foot wide bed that was a hundred feet long. We had six rows and it was like 45 minutes, you know, which is like, it's not super long. So then once we go through, we're marking each variety as we transition to the next one. And I'm not going through with like different depths or anything like that. We're just taking the seed and planting it in. I like, I think you're right with the weed pressure piece is that you've got to stay on top of it early. And then once they're up and they're, you know, they're growing and they're not going to, they're not really at risk for being like strangled out, you know, then you can kind of ease off. You still want to, you know, there's obviously you still want to keep up with weeds, but for the most part, you know, they're really not, you're not going to lose the the seed that you just germinated to a weed. So I think that's a, a good point. And then, like I said earlier, we just, for spring stuff anyway, we just use rain, like spring rain. If it's going to get super hot really quick and we're going to hit a dry spell, we might put like a, you know, a a big sprinkler over it to keep it, you know, add some moisture. But for the most part, we tend to get enough in the spring and we don't have to worry about it.
0: Are you covering with row cover? I know some, I've seen some farms do that where they cover to like help with critters or like moisture. Or no. No,
1: the only thing we do row cover are sunflowers. We direct seed some. Sun- we direct seed sunflowers because I don't know how on earth you can make money transplanting a single stem of <laughs> sunflower. Uh, you just and not I you can't in my opinion, but not the number that we're planting, I guess. So we direct seed sunflowers and we do have agribon that we put over on those sunflowers. Until they pop, and then we pull it off. And I'll be honest; like we do it early, and then we just kind of (laughs) don't because we're like, there's so much other stuff going on. Yes, you know. So if you're having issues with germination, you can try that. Mm -hmm. Like a real lightweight agribon, that would be something to try. But we, I don't have a lot of issues with that. Yeah. So that's not something I can really.
0: And I feel like, especially with spring, it's like patience because, Mm -hmm. like, some of my spring cops say, like. They all like start to germinate at different times, and I think, okay, well, this one's not coming. But now I have I've set better expectations for myself. Like, okay, that one takes a little bit longer, and it's no big deal. So I think with the spring stuff, especially, it's just not getting too out of whack if they all everything isn't like germinating at the same yeah. time for the most part. So
1: yeah, well, we planted so St. Patty's Day, which this is Mother's Day weekend, Yes. and we're. <laughs> We're crazy people, recording a <laughs> podcast on Mother's Day weekend. Yeah, so Saint Patrick's Day, and then here we are, like the first of May, and we're really just starting to like see a lot of definition and what we direct seated. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's yes. been kind of one of the one of the things that, like you said, just having some patience because it does take a little yeah. bit for them to come up. So,
0: just like I think last week. We did a second succession of our spring stuff, so we're kind of messing – we're trialing some of that stuff. So it's like, hey, like, I would really love to have crests later. Yep. So, you know, we're trying some extra crests, another bed of bachelor buttons because everybody loves blue, but it's hard for me to produce a lot of blues. So, you know, we're, I think playing around with that stuff is just so, it's fun, first of all, and like low, you know, really low cost. So.
1: Oh yeah. So here's with bachelor's button, let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. Okay. We planted last year bachelor's buttons <laughs> in our UPIC in June, end of June. Mm-hmm. And they were the most beautiful ones we grew all year. What? Yeah. So we're like, okay, <laughs> note to self, plant these in June, I guess. I don't know. They were sturdy. You know how their stems yeah, are like real yeah. spindly? Wiry. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't. They were like stout. They were beautiful. So I think you're going to have good luck with that one. I think yeah, it's
0: going yes. yeah. I mean, I feel like with farming, like I know there's like some rules. I mean, I hate saying that because there are rules, but- I feel like we could push them. I mean, there's a lot of things I would love to have later. There's, you know, some things I'm going to leave in the ground and see if I can get a second flush. So I think there's like, I don't know, it's it's just fun to mess with those things. And when things work out, it's always like, wow. Yeah.
1: That yeah.
0: was awesome. So, you know, I just, planted, it just goes uh, to speaking to trying different things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I planted bells my first year I ever mm-hmm. farmed. Didn't freeze the seed didn't yeah. put it in water before, right? All the things you're supposed to do. Planted them in July and they were – I had bells. And I had all these people like, how would you get bells? I'm like, I don't know. I just stuck the seed in the ground. Right? Beginner's luck. That's what it's called. That's That happens. Oh, oh, but they're yeah, so but resilient.
0: Plants are just yes. crazy resilient. I mean, and bachelor yeah. buttons, I mean, that's something we tilled in some area, our direct seeded spot from last year. We tilled it in for part of our tunnel that we put up. And these bachelor buns, they're germinating in there. <laughs> like, yeah. I couldn't kill you guys if I wanted to. So, and it's just like, people love that flower. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, it's not, I wouldn't put it on like my top 10 favorite, but it's yeah. a fun one and people
1: like cutting it. And so it, it makes it
0: yeah. fun. So.
1: For sure. So what are some of the stuff you, I've got my list pulled up for yes. spring and my, yes. my summer. So. Do you want me to run through my list of what I yeah. direct seed in yeah, spring? Yeah, you, you, then... you go first. Okay. Yes. So my spring stuff that we planted. So the stuff that went in in March for us. So we did mm-hmm. um, Agristema, which I mm-hmm. yes. love. That's a great one. Yes. And then I don't know. We did bells, of course. We did borage. Mm-hmm. Okay, I
0: need. I need to try borage. I need to try. Borage. Yeah. I'm putting that on my list.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. Buplurum calendula. Mm-hmm. That's one that we cannot we also do that one in the tunnel, and it actually directs seeds in the tunnel pretty well too. Oh. Mm-hmm. Bachelor's Buttons, which we've talked about. it's actually been on my like, I want to cut list, but then it's like the blue. <laughs> you just can't. I hate I know. harvesting it. It's mm.
0: yes. Have you tried the pink or like the white varieties with the bachelor buttons? I think I've tried them all.
1: Purple. Yeah pink. Yeah. yeah.
0: No, it's just the the good old, what is it? Boy blue or whatever.
1: Yeah. I need to just That's stick to that perfect. one.
0: That's probably, yeah, every year I too. tell
1: the girls like, I'm not doing it. And then they see it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I can't not. Therent <laughs> is one that is mm-hmm. amazing, direct seated. Cress, we do. And I have, I have done successions of that one too, later in the season. Yeah. Same with Buplurum. It just, uh, it gets a little bit shorter yeah. You know, versus bouquet, but it's still bouquet length for us. So we push that one because it's such an easy filler and it it directs seeds really, really well. We do Seneglossum, which is, hang on, forget, forget me not. Yes. Yeah, so mm-hmm. that one, if you don't direct seed, just try that one. Like it's, you may not like them, like they are fussy, but if you direct seed them outside, they are strong stems. They're beautiful. They're so much easier to harvest. Yeah. Way, way more productive. Larkspur like Delphinium, Dill. We do Euphorbia. So the snow on the mountain oh, or whatever that is. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm that, that one direct seeds. Oh, mm-hmm. it's direct seeds like a maniac. Orlea. <laughs> Nigella. Shisho, mm-hmm. and Sapinaria. So that's our that's oh, what I did. I've been wanting to try sapinaria. Yeah, it's fun. I'm gonna put it's that fairly, one on my list. Yeah. It fills a bouquet really, really well. So it, it, it has this like kind of main stem that comes up and then it branches. It's very it feels uh it feels like baby's breath, but just a bigger flower. Okay. And it has pink oh. pink and white. But yeah, it's very pretty. Oh I, I tried transplanting yes. it the first year and it did not go well. So mm. switched to direct seeding. But so that's my cool yeah. season list. Do you have any do you do anything yeah. else? No,
0: you, you mentioned all my good ones. All oh my good ones. I don't do as many. I don't do as many as you. I really rely on cress, bachelor buttons, bupleurum, Ami. Do you do
1: Ami? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I missed that one. I think. Ami? yeah, I do that. Yeah.
0: One. Yep. Orlia, larkspur. I'm like a hit or miss on larkspur. I like
1: it. I don't know.
0: I claim I want yeah, to. You it will every love year, it, but oh, if direct you, do, you direct seated.
1: direct seeded and dry it, we are doing. We're I doing know. an entire I row. Okay. Yeah,
0: you can wait till it.
1: wait till you dry it, and then you're gonna be like, "We need three hundred foot rows." Yeah, and so I've actually got a few questions. When I did that, I did a reel on direct seeding on Instagram, mm-hmm. and I got some questions about larkspur as because I had it on the list of what I did. I don't do anything really different with it. Mm-hmm. I do have one variety this year that didn't come up really well for us, but I mean, we did a a hundred, I think a hundred foot row is what it was. Yeah, and it all came up. Like one was a little bit spotty. I think you could put the seed in the freezer. It does like that. It could be the Mm -hmm. issue that you're doing it a little bit late because it does really Mm -hmm. like that cold, you know, like period, cold period to kind of get germinated. But yeah, I pretty, I don't know. We have pretty much, we have good luck with that one.
0: Yeah. Are you direct seeding in the fall and the spring? Are you just mostly sticking to the spring?
1: We mostly just do the spring, but you said that Mm -hmm. fall and I'm like, we mostly start ours. So I'm like, that would be a good, I don't don't know, I'm going to try that this fall because that would be nice. You know,
0: the thing is, is that I've noticed, and I mean, it's enough of a difference to I think make the effort to do it in the fall, but, and I think it depends on the spring that you have, but they bloomed like a little close together than I would have (laughs) preferred. So, you know, like I would prefer it to be like three weeks apart as opposed to like one, you know, yeah. like everything's blooming at the same time. And it could have just been our spring because we, we did that last year. So I'm going to keep playing with that. But if it keeps kind of blooming at the same time, I'll probably just make the big effort in the spring.
1: Yeah. So are, when are you planting in the spring? Like what time? We do it right. Like I think we did it like the
0: first week in October, mm-hmm. late September so we would direct seed some spots there so we essentially do the same thing till direct seed we just let it go so we d- we don't cover crop that area so we particularly don't cover crop that area we'll put the seeds in then we we just watch it and honestly it really it, it I guess it seeds maybe a one or two weeks before everything else it will germinate before other spring stuff but i don't know it's it, it's been an okay like you know an extra succession but i don't know i i told myself this year is going to be
1: the year we we figure it out if it's if it's worth continuing mm-hmm. and when are you planting your stuff in the spring like do you have like a a date that yeah. you're trying to get stuff in the ground yeah, by
0: usually like april 1st
1: yeah is like our drop dead like we have to have it done by then yeah okay so let's talk cool we did cool season what about summer mm-hmm. like tender annuals do you have a do you have a list of what you yeah
0: I know this we really we only direct seed just a couple things in the summer. Sunflowers religiously every week yeah. we're direct seeding the sunflowers. And on in I no no really special treatment there. Judd uses actually a corn planter to did you ever get your corn planter up and running?
1: No, it's it's no, no. I'm in I'm in <laughs> cahoots That's with it. my dad over the the um, deer food plots. So it's the same time <laughs> as planting season. So I think I'm gonna have to buy my own corn corn planner if I want to borrow my dad's. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: d- when Lindsay came over to the farm, Jed was trying to convince her to get a corn planter. and she's like, "I think my dad has one." <laughs> And it's a, <laughs> we're like, girl, you need to get on that. Judd loves his corn planter for sunflowers. Does a great job, and he he direct seeds anywhere between five and six thousand a week, and really same exact prep as everything else. So sunflowers are our main, and then we direct seed cress and dill throughout the season. So every three weeks, we're direct seeding those two. But those are my only direct seeders in the wow. summer. Dang yes, everything else I know, okay. I know because oh, we, we primarily use like a biodegradable plastic.
1: Yeah, in the summer. okay.
0: So that kind of makes it a little bit
1: harder, but we still cress and dill are our go-to direct seeders in the summer. And are you putting those in the biodegradable plastic where you direct no. seeding in there? They're open.
0: Yeah, open. Okay.
1: Yeah. This is so, so I'll read my list off, but I well, I'm going to yeah. touch on sunflowers before I forget. But mm-hmm. we use a zipper. So it's what we, that's, Mm -hmm. so it's a little, it's a tool. I think it's from Johnny's. I don't know. Tracy gifted me this thing and it's amazing. And it basically is just two-sided. So like one side creates the little divot and we just run it down the row and then someone Mm -hmm. follows behind, dropping seed in and then when you get to the other end of the row, you literally just flip the tool over. So it's a long handled tool and it Mm -hmm. zips the soil back over top and compacts it down in. So it's a hand tool. So it's made it quicker for us until I can steal my dad's corn planter. Yes. You forgot to mention that I walked away buying a gator after I visited you. (laughs) They have the John Deere gators on their farm and I'm like, we have a golf cart. And now I'm like, oh, we need a gator. So now I yes. it was a costly trip. <laughs> yes, costly. you
0: need to convince yourself to buy equipment, you have to come talk to Judd.
1: Oh my <laughs> gosh, yeah, stuff. I walked away. I was like, this is going to cost me some coin. <laughs> good thing, good thing we're direct seating to save on labor. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, yeah, so. Yeah. So with sunflowers, like I said, we do cover in the beginning with Agribon, and then we mm-hmm. honestly kind of quit doing it, but we're doing, we do about 3000 a week with that and it goes pretty quick. So we've usually have two people on it. Once one, one person's zipping, you know, the line down and then seeding. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so then we direct seed and we also run a UPIC. So mm-hmm. we actually trialed this year. We're doing a ton of soil work to the UPIC because it was Kind of, it needed it last year. So we trialed doing spring annuals in there, some like cool season Mm -hmm. stuff in the UPIC direct seeded. Same list I just hit on, but then we do Mm -hmm. amaranthus. So we direct Mm -hmm. seed. And I should say, so we plant, like you say, you're in open ground and then biodegradable. So we, part of our farm, like one section has a ton of weed pressure and we do use fabric. The rest of it, Mm -hmm. it's all open. So we direct seed. Even in the UPIC where we use fabric like Typar, mm-hmm. so it is doable. Okay. So we'll till it, knock it down, then we'll put the fabric down that day and direct seed. But we do amaranthus is one that we succession plant on that one. Celosia. so coxcomb. really oh, all the solocha. I mean, almost all of it. Really? We are just pushing, oh yeah. Goodness. Yeah, the only ones I don't are the ones that are kind of expensive, like Mm sylphid, because I just want to make sure. I don't know why that I wait on that one. Part of it is because we direct seed and then we also will do a succession inside, right? So like we want to get that crop earlier than what we can Mm -hmm. plant. So like we're planting now, we're going to put in transplants and we're going to direct seed. So it kind of gives me this like natural first succession with that. Yes. Cosmos, that's one. That same mm-hmm. thing. We do Cosmos. We do dill, mm-hmm. marigolds, shisho. It's a great filler. Sunflowers, zinnias. And then we have bromus, which is like a grass. It's sort of like mm-hmm. this like wispy. It kind of looks like a field grass, oh, but we do that one. Yeah. But those are mostly our, our summer ones. And then we, every once in a while, we'll try, we try something new. Solosha has been the one that yeah. I was like, man, every time. That's awesome. Yeah, every time we like till the field, like something comes up, and so mm-hmm. anytime something pops up in the field, I'm like, okay, we need to, we need to try, yeah. we need to try to to do this. Yeah. So we yeah we just transition, especially something like the pompous plume, like it, that seed yes. is so cheap, and it produces yes. so much. It's such an easy one to try, okay. and it doesn't it doesn't take much. So I I say mm-hmm. try it. Okay, I'm going to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, solution, I mean, it, it's such a multi purpose. So.
0: That would be a great one to not have to have to transplant.
1: Yeah. Because I, I think that. people have trouble with it dampening off too. It can kind of dampen off. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. I you know some of the varieties are like a little pricey. So that I think that has been – yeah. So mm-hmm. if I was having my black plastic, we could make our holes just like we would transplant and drop the seed in it.
1: Yep. That's exactly what we do. So okay. we just go through and kind of like, we just, cause our fabric's pre burnt and then we're just kind of scratching that small, you know, like putting the seed in, like making sure the soil's broke up and then put mm-hmm. it in. But yeah, yeah, we do pretty much, we don't start any zinnias, cosmos, marigolds, mm-hmm. anything like that inside after like we're cleared, like now. So early mm-hmm. May, it's only direct seeding for us with okay. that. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So let's, I know we're, going to wind down here on this, but I think we should close Mm -hmm. out with some tips. Just like if we still haven't convinced you, then Mm -hmm. here's a few like comforting (laughs) tips to get you going. So the thinning process, I don't, I don't really do much with thinning to be completely honest. It's just like, I do nothing. Yeah. I just, I just don't think it's that necessary. The, and that no. goes. To, it just goes back to the whole reason that we're direct seating is to eliminate time. And for me, yes. it's like, okay, if something looks super, super thick, right, like Amy mm-hmm. or something, Ami, then I might go through. But like, I really just don't. That's kind of that's yeah. kind of fibbing because we just are spacing yes. it out and we just let it go. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you're on the same page with me with that. And then no. <laughs> I.
0: And at that time when it's like ready to be thinned, if it even needs it, which it probably doesn't, you're like in the midst of doing a million other things. Yeah. I just, I think they're so resilient.
1: I don't think that it needs, anything needs thinned. I think you're right on that one. Yeah. Weekly cultivation. This is the, if you're going through getting that weed bank broke up, right? We've talked about that. Call, make sure that you are going through weekly. That will make the biggest difference once they're popped up, right? So like once yeah. you can tell like something's up, you know, using the wheel hoe. So we use a hand, hand hoe, but it's like a quick disconnect. So you can different sizes of the hoe that goes in. It's a long handled. We just run down there, just kind of, it's super quick. You're literally just walking mm-hmm. that row and just breaking up the soil. But I think that is People just want to direct seed it, and then you forget about it, which I get yeah. it. But if you, the weeds are what you've got to stay after, and yeah. cultivating that will keep those at bay. And and if you if you keep on it
0: weekly, it'll make just that hand hoeing that much easier because you're just killing things at thread stage. You're not like doing
1: you know disaster management,
0: <laughs> yeah. Kind of yeah, weeding, it's, you know, it's nice and easy.
1: Yeah, and then if if you're the one that we do have trouble with is um, chickweed really early. Mm -hmm. So the chickweed to get kind of tangled in there, but I'm always, I'm kind of hammering on the girls. Like we want to cultivate, we don't want to weed. So unless you, you know, I don't want to lose a crop to going down there and pulling out weeds. I want them to be able to like zip through it really quick. Yeah. And I think one thing I didn't do well in the beginning, because we have a really sandy soil in a couple areas, Mm -hmm. is that I didn't keep the soil firm enough. So I wasn't like Mm -hmm. tamping, you know what I mean? Like I didn't have, because we're doing it by hand, I think your, Mm -hmm. what you guys are planting with probably gives it a little, yeah, the cedar probably gives it some pressure. But for us, I don't think I was giving, I mean, loose soil is a sign of healthy soil, right? Mm -hmm. But seeds really to get good germination, they need to have good seed to soil contact so that they're able to pull that moisture out of the soil. And I wasn't, I think it was drying them out too quickly. So that was something that I've changed over the years, just kind of giving them a little like a little pat down, making sure that everything's mm-hmm. kind of seed to soil contact. So.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, if I had to give a tip, it would be to quit fussing. <laughs> Don't fuss so much over it. If you follow like the basic steps, you know, even if you say, okay, like, hey, this year I'm going to try something super low cost, like maybe I'm going to do Cosmos and Marigolds or whatever it is that you choose. Those would be really like good summer first starters. They, direct seed super easy and i think that if we just like lower those expectations a little bit and and gain confidence i mean i think that's like just part of farming in general is like to keep trying new ways and like maybe what exactly works in our climate might not work in your soil type or climate. So it is like finding that secret sauce to your own farm and just rolling with it from there and just gaining that confidence. So, you know, get in with a crop that's really easy and experiment. And that's how you're going to really figure it out with some of these, these tips that we gave.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they give marigolds to kindergartners to plant. So I don't know why we're <laughs> scared of marigolds, but that's a great, it's a really good one to start with. Yeah, it's like we do. I mean, we worry so much about stuff. It's like worry less. Yes. Just try it. It's oh, all, it's yeah. all an experiment. It's all how you learn. Yes. Yeah. Try that you know. So it's like it's just one big experiment after another, and it's all a learning process. So yeah, we want we your... to hear your
0: overcomplicate. Oh yeah, we tend yes. to overcomplicate.
1: Yeah, it, and I'm um, such a. Go ahead, Jen.
0: Sorry, it's not even you know about always like having the right tool or even like having a cedar. You know, you can do it on any scale. Even at our scale, I really think we could even hand seed, and it wouldn't take us that that long a time. So I really do feel like at any entry level that you could get going pretty easy.
1: Yeah, I'm such a. I'm a rule follower. Like this is it's like a yes, curse sure. of my personality. Yeah, but I like in the beginning, I was like reading seed packets and doing like, okay, spacing says this on sunflowers, you know? And it was like, I was looking for the answer on sunflowers. And I think the first year you, I probably needed to get like a 10 foot ladder to harvest my sunflowers. Like they were huge. <laughs> like you could not put them on a yeah. bouquet. And so, but there was like, I can laugh about it now that I'm like, I had yes. these gigantic sunflowers. I'm like, well, what did I do wrong What, what do I do with these? I still sold them at the farmers market, like little kids walking around two handed with a sunflower. But yeah, it's like just get out there, try it, and yeah, I think you'll be happy with the with the results of trying it. Yes, one hundred percent. So, all right, is that our episode for
0: today, Lindsay? Yeah, I think we're good. All right. Okay. Well, thanks so much for joining us. If you really loved what you're hearing and have enjoyed listening to Lindsay and I, hit the subscribe button on wherever you listen to podcasts and that will get you a reminder so you don't miss any future episodes. And we want to continue the conversation with you. So if you are on Instagram, you can head over to our Instagram account at Dirt on Flowers and we would love it if you would share this episode with your friends. So you can sign up. If you head to our show notes, you can see... A link for to sign up for our email list where you get reminders about next episodes what's coming in the future and some more extra behind the scenes info about what's going on in the podcast all right Perfect. all right well right. signing off yep we'll see you in the next
1: episode